Mythos Busters, investigating the mystery, monsters, and madness of Arkham Horror, the card game. Welcome back, listeners. It's another AV Club episode, a Mythos Busters production. With me, I have the incredibly intelligent and lusciously haired Frank. How are you, Frank? Oh, thank you. I made it. Yes, I'm very well. How are you, Scott? Pretty good. Uh, have you been last week? We haven't talked in a while. Yeah, it feels like ages. Was it was it um, June last year that we did an episode? Something like that, right? I've forgotten the age of how long it's been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That long. Um, with us also is Sean. Anyways, moving Hi. on to the first cart. <laughs> <laughs> Channeling Nick. Yeah, yeah. Sean, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Good. I'm, I'm glad to have you, uh, have you on. It's fine. I was going to roll with it. Oh, okay. Well. <laughs> all right. Uh, we're well, looking that at... got weird. The, it did slightly. Um, I'll edit that out in the podcast. No, don't the... you dare. Okay. <laughs> we embrace our blemishes here. Uh, speaking of blemishes, Sean, do you want to read Finn Edwards? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> oh, Savage. <laughs> what do you think? Wow. So, Finn Edwards is our rogue investigator. He is the bootlegger. He is one willpower, which I'm sure we'll get back to. Four intellect, three combat, four agility, criminal traded. You may take an additional action during your turn, which can only be used to evade. His elder sign effect is plus one for each exhausted enemy in play. And if you succeed by two or more, you may discover a clue at your location. He has seven health and seven sanity. You'll lose track of the exit or the merchandise. And then uh, hopping right into his deck building, he's got a standard deck size of 30. Can take illicit cards one or sorry zero through five, rogue cards zero through three. She's got kind of like a Marie thing going on there. Neutral zero to five, and then up to five other level zero seeker and or survivor cards. And then of course he starts with or his deck has smuggled goods, Finn's trusty thirty eight, caught red handed, and one random basic weakness. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about dump stats. <laughs> yeah and one willpower because i get frank i know sean you're jumping in but frank and i uh over the last couple decades we've talked about uh the one willpower or one in a in a stat um and how sometimes it's actually a boon like you just accept it's... the fact you're not gonna pass that and you you play around yeah it. it's kind of freeing isn't it because mm-hmm. it's like i just i just i'm not gonna worry about it i'm just gonna take my licks and that's how it's gonna be yep unfortunately the willpower stat is one of those stats I think it's hardest to play around because you have to play around the cards that are randomly coming off the encounter deck. It's not like it's a low combat, so you're like, I have to have combat options, or I have a super low intellect, I have to have clue-getting options. The willpower one can sometimes be like devastating, like lose a couple actions, lo- take three willpower hits, something like that. Yeah, it's more wildly variant, the licks you have to take with that, with that strategy. Yeah, I think it also then means that if you've got a really low willpower, you have to think about it in terms of what you include in your deck 
to avoid willpower tests or to otherwise mitigate them exactly like the way you described with intellect. Like if I'm going into a scenario with intellect two, I'm probably going to have testless ways of getting clues because I'm not going to be passing intellect tests. And for willpower, that means maybe I'm going to have things that either uh, cancel treacheries or deal with them in some other way, or maybe mitigate losing actions or mitigate taking horror. So it just have to shift that focus of my deck building completely away from the willpower because including a load of willpower icons like you wouldn't do that in a low intellect seeker uh, low intellect yeah low intellect investigator just pile mm. intellect icons in their deck and hope for the best you'd probably look for more efficient solutions i think um, but there aren't that many for willpower yeah and i mean if you were to pile in those willpower icons are you just piling them in because they're willpower pips? Like, what are the cards that have them on it, right? Yeah. Like, intellect pips often go with investigating things, so a lot of seeker cards have them. It just... Are you just going to pick a card based on willpower pips as opposed to what the rest of the card does? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not like we think of rogue as the faction with loads of willpower boosts like that clearly in my head is mystic a lot of their cards have willpower pips on them so i'm going to include them anyway so then you might end up building a really weird rogue deck if you're including hmm. liquid courage i guess to because it's got a pip and contraband has a willpower pip like it, it seems you'd end up with this really odd deck if you're trying to pack it full of those icons yeah that all being said finn has turned out to be actually a pretty robust investigator um especially solo for me at least have you guys had <laughs> a lot of options to or a lot of times to play him finn good I, i've not played him in solo i've played him in multiplayer where i actually think there's a little bit more room to mitigate his low willpower mm -hmm. either by you know your compadres helping you or via a card we'll talk about shortly <laughs> um but yeah the fact that he's got one willpower definitely a thing Anyone who tells you it's not is lying to your face, but it's a thing that can be played around. And goddamn, look at the rest of that stat line. Yeah. Just, yeah. just, Finn can just go, mm -hmm. you know? Do you remember back in the mists of time when we did the Seeker Forgotten Age AV club and we looked at Ursula's stat line? I mean, their stat line is identical just with the, the one and the three switched. Mm -hmm. And we were salivating over high intellect so you can get clues and advance your act and high agility so you have a built-in enemy management immediately. And Finn has exactly that. And he gets bonus actions to evade. And weirdly, he also has clue acceleration if you can pull the Elder Sign, which is pretty rare outside Seeker. So that's kind of a big tick as well. And he's got a really robust stat line like... I think he's fantastic. He's really fun to play. Um, and full disclosure, on Drawn to the Flame, we're, our next episode is a Finn Edwards investigator-specific episode, so I've been thinking quite a lot about what makes him different. And mm. yeah, he, uh, everything about Finn is slightly weird. Uh, the high intellect is great. The low willpower is terrible. The deck building is weird. You know, the fact that he can't even take all the road cards just gives you pause. Yeah, it's fascinating conundrum i think his ability to because we we did talk about this years ago when we did ursula was uh her extra little ability uh once she moved like she got a free investigate action so she's a four action essentially solo investigator his ability to uh use a, a free action to evade is very similar unfortunately it's a little more focused because like you said 
there needs to be an enemy there. Um, mm -hmm. But as far yeah. as enemy management goes, he's kind of got that covered in that sense, and he gets it for free, which is really nice. I don't yeah, know if I'm... you guys have played Arkham Horror, the card game, before, but there are enemies about. <laughs> but, yeah, exactly. But in solo, <laughs> like, there's not always that many, right? Like, that's, I'm sure you've true. had solo where you've drawn four treacheries in a row, right? All testing willpower, mm -hmm. and Finn's dead. And... Yep. <laughs> yeah. that, Finn's resigned. Turn two. My next point is that you do have to acknowledge the fact that because of that low willpower, he's going to be a little bit more... I guess uh, a little bit more sensitive to that kind of bad luck where he almost wants to see an enemy because he's mm. ready to deal with it. But if all you're drawing are lost in the wilds and frozen in fears, then you're just going to have a bad time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think any good investigator pilot will acknowledge the weaknesses of their deck and obviously hope not for that draw. You know, if you're playing solo Daisy and you just draw enemies, you, mm. you kind of call it a day if you've not got any of your enemy cards. And I think it's similar with Finn. The, the other thing I'd say as well is that one of the tensions in the game, if you can evade well, is do you evade an enemy and sort of hope that the problem is dealt with and you don't have to go back there? Or do yeah. you commit more actions and resources to kill an enemy, thinking of that as a longer-term solution? And because Finn gets that free action, the first option is so much more appealing because it almost feels like you've not really spent any of your actions dealing with enemies, which mm. I really like. Mm. So probably Bear's talking about his SIGs, right? I would hope we could smuggle those into the conversation. Ah, nice. <laughs> uh, Smuggled Goods is a zero-cost event. It has one wild pip. It is supply and illicit traded in Edwards deck only. Uh, play if there are no ready enemies at your location. Search either your discard pile or the top nine cards of your deck for an illicit card and draw it. If you search your deck, shuffle smuggled goods into your deck. Um, mm. More powerful I just make, solo. Like, happy noises, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a really good card because he does have two sigs. That's the thing we should probably also mention. He has two signature cards, which is awesome. This this one to me is just that it. I think it's incredibly powerful and kind of sneaks under the radar as a signature card. Like I almost never have taken a card out of my discard pile with this card. I've always used this as a combo piece to draw me into the next illicit card I need. And mm. as you upgrade Finn, obviously, because you can take illicit cards, you put more of those into your deck. So seeing this early on to go and fetch your fence or your pickpocketing or your lockpicks, it just becomes a really useful sort of deck thinner to find what you need. Yeah, I, I like it a lot. I think it's a good yeah. event. Top nine is a good dig. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, 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 that's decent. A, yeah, that's a third nice of your deck. Dive. Yeah, a third of your deck at the beginning of the game. You start getting yeah. mid to late game. It's like I'm just looking at basically everything I have left right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you know the illicit trait. It might look like that limits this a little bit, but you go look at any rogue deck, even one that doesn't care about the trait. Like there are just illicit cards in that deck, and then you. you you know, you look at Finn and you realize that, well, he's just going to have those anyway, so yeah. might as well lean into it. Just, <sighs> yeah, this is a really good card. And mm -hmm. I, I agree, Frank. I don't feel like enough people talk about how good it is. Sean, could I, yep. could I trust you to think of a, an illicit card you might want to look for? In about 0.38 seconds, Finn's trusty 38. Never leave home without it. It's his signature asset, two cost has an agility and a wild icon. It is item, weapon, firearm, and illicit traded. It's a lot of traits. 
spin Edward's deck only. It's fast and uses three ammo. Action, spend one ammo, fight. You get plus two combat for this attack, and if the attacked enemy is not engaged with you, deal plus one damage for this attack. And it, of course, takes up a hand slot. Um, yeah, this this thing's got a lot going on in, in not so many words, right? Mm, yeah, packed in. I wish the flavor for this was just pop-pop, because it does feel <laughs> like a little kind of pop-pop, yeah. and then you run off. Better in multiplayer. I mean, of course, Finn's got the extra evade, so presumably if you want to fight an enemy, you can spend that free action to evade at first. Pretty good. But especially in multiplayer, if you've got this down and someone else is engaged with something, it's nice to not even have to do that. Mm-hmm. And fast. Fast weapon. Yeah. With a plus <laughs> two bonus. That's the strength. Yeah. Yeah. It's you... kind of a Derringer, isn't it? I, I never thought about that, but it's kind of a, it's a fast Derringer with a different damage. Mm-hmm. the yes. damage is not conditional in the way that it is for the derringer that's the nice thing about it if you're shooting an evaded en- enemy with this you're definitely going to do two damage if you hit whereas mm-hmm. with the derringer you've got to get the succeed by two or succeed by one depending on what level derringer yeah this mm. this is really nice i like i like the image of this as well that finn is better at shooting people in the back than he is at shooting them in the face which ties in perfectly with his willpower like he's definitely a coward so if an enemy is staring him down and engaged with him, he shoots them like really poorly. But if they're not facing him, he can headshot them, which is, yeah, perfect Finn. He's like a horrible person. Mm-hmm. Stick it right up in those ribs. Yeah. Yeah. Kid, kidney shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, what do you think of it, Scott? It's good. Like, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't wow me. It's, it's, it's pretty good. I like that it's fast. Uh, the combat bonus is decent. Uh, three ammo is okay. Um, and comboing it with an agility test, I mean, you could do, you're essentially doing an agility test and then a combat test to do two damage. And if you think about it really, I don't know, loosely, that agility test mm-hmm. is kind of doing one damage and the attack is then doing another. You know what I mean? So I Even like it. one more if you throw in Hatchet Man. It's true. If you throw in Hatchet Man. I was actually going to say when you're shooting him in the back, doesn't Hatchet Man have like some guy getting shot in the back? Like that's Sure the... does. Yep. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, I would say the stronger of the two signature cards is 100% Smuggled Goods to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so, to me as well. Like it's almost like smug- Smuggled Goods overshadows his 38. There are those signature cards where when you draw them, you go like, yes, everything's okay now. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm never sad to see this one, but I don't think it's at that level. Yeah, I don't breathe yeah. a sigh of relief like, oh, like I can make it through the scenario. I'm like, okay, a gun. Do, do, do you know how I see, I almost see this card a bit like a backstab. It's it's like a, a specific burst of damage. So what you just described, Scott, with the evade for a damage and then shoot for a damage. Mm-hmm. The fact that this is fast, I, I think I actually picture this as though I'm facing like maybe a four or five health enemy and I'm going to evade and shoot, shoot, shoot. And then... Right. If I haven't used all the ammo or whatever, I'm kind of not going to... Like, it's not my reliable weapon that I use to kill cultists. Right. It's my weapon that I kind of try and unload and one turn. then I'm done with. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I could see and that. sort of... Yeah, that, I think that's how I picture it. It's, a, it's the fact that it's fast that I think of it that way. It's like, I'll drop this down, I'll go for it, and then... Yeah, I'm never going to co- contraband this or anything, you know? I'm not, I'm not thinking yeah. of it as, like, my cornerstone weapon that I'm going to boost up with more ammo or anything mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Anyway, you guys are horrible because you've not let me read a card yet, but don't worry because oh, I've caught you both red-handed. You've caught us red-handed. That is oh. so... So I will read this heart. one. This is a treachery. It's a weakness and it's blunder-traited, which I think is Peter's favorite trait. He's a guy on another podcast. Revelation. Ready each enemy at your location or a connecting location. Each hunter enemy at a connecting location moves one location towards you. If no enemies move as a result of this effect, shuffle caught red-handed back into your deck. So remember we talked about weaknesses that weren't backbreakers? Mm-hmm. This one seems like it's a bit of a backbreaker, <laughs> depending on when it I pops think, up. I, I have found this to be very uneven. So I, I have not played Finn in solo, and I suspicion that the, the evaluation changes in that specific case. But if you're managing the board well enough, I think this one's not generally too bad. I have found that with Finn, at least I, I paired him with Silas through the Forgotten Age. If you choose carefully which enemies you're going to kind of dip around and which important ones you're actually going to bother to try to destroy, mm -hmm. this one's not that bad. But if you're going hard on like, I'm just going to be slippery and weave my way through all the enemies, then yeah, this one's, <laughs> one's going to get you. Mm. I will say, though, it is also a, a miss, in my opinion, that this did not have the illicit trait because... And uh, I feel like Finn should feel the same pain that Agnes feels when you go and dig with an, ar an arcane initiate and all mm -hmm. you find is dark memory. Oh, nice. That would have been good. Yeah. yeah. I remember the first time I did that with uh, Agnes and I was like, wait, do I have to choose this? <laughs> <laughs> when I was just starting the game, I was like, oh, oh, God, this is this is horrible. Yep. <laughs> mm -hmm. I feel like with Court Red Handed, I more often shuffle it back into the deck and yep. i think i think back in the mists of time we talked about that scott as like that's it's it's just costing you a draw at that point so it's an annoyance mm -hmm. but most investigators should have other ways of finding the pieces they need and finn has smuggled goods so you should be picking out the illicit cards you need from your deck anyway so like at worst for me this card is just wasting upkeep two or three times, maybe maybe more than that in a scenario. And that to me is not backbreaking at all. But it also has the potential to ruin your day. Yeah. That I mean that's kind of the thing is if this hits you, it's gonna hit you real hard. But yeah, I, I find a lot <laughs> of times it's shuffled back in and then you just get to worry about it again. And it's it perfectly plays into Finn's theme as well. Never lose sight of the exit. It's, mm. it's like, as long as you keep an eye on where all of the enemies you've left behind are, and you know how far they might move in, if you hit this card, mm -hmm. you're fine. As long as, you, as long as you stay on point and kind of, you know, keep your, keep your focus up as Finn, you're okay. It's that moment you start snoozing and thinking you've got it easy that suddenly you get caught red-handed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that he also put on a lot of weight for the role here. He's like a <laughs> considerably bigger for this this is like later in life finn when he has well, become a lazy slacker if you look under his armpit i think those are supposed to be bulges like he has smuggled a bunch of stuff in his shirt like he has like kilos of coke shoved <laughs> okay and what's in his cheeks then is he just yeah, filled his, filled his little... cheeks with little yeah baggies like of heroin yeah <laughs> oh hey guys uh nothing to see here yeah He's I'm been gonna... smuggling Cheetos and sampling the product a little bit too much. <laughs> Never do Caught your own stuff. <laughs> Never do your own stuff. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, 
<laughs> that was quite a treasure of a conversation we had there. <laughs> You've got to hunt them out. What can you, I say? You really do. Uh, next card is Treasure Hunter. It's a level one uh, rogue asset, one cost. It has an intellect pip. Uh, ally and wear, wayfarer, you get plus one intellect. Force at the end of your upkeep, you either must pay one treasure uh, resource or discard, or discard Treasure Hunter. He has two health, two sanity, and has the ally slot thing. Did you mean to say you must pay one treasure? Yes, that was my joke. When, when you when you play Treasure Hunter, your resources become treasure, and yes. you're just. Okay. I actually got. Check I bought out. special like uh, tokens. I turned all my resources tokens. into like little treasure chests. Just when oh, I had treasure hunter out. Yeah. How often okay. do you play treasure hunter? I'm just though? kidding. <laughs> okay. This is, this is an imaginary scenario. A hypothetical. Yeah. Yeah. See, but the problem is, Scott, with your track record, I was so ready to believe you. <laughs> I think you've pimped out your game more than me by this point. That's probably fair to say. Yeah. I, I know a fellow addict when I see one. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Frank, you talked about Treasure Hunter yeah. in a previous Treasure one Hunter, before the time. Yeah. I've just played Liam Anderson through Carcosa with mm. the sole goal of um, getting more actions using his rogue access and then playing cards like Treasure Hunter or Hard Muscle for free actionlessly using his reaction ability and keeping the boost around. And because in solo I can play Lone Wolf very happily, essentially Lone Wolf will pay for Treasure Hunter for as long as I want to keep it in play. And this card was the MVP of that campaign and that campaign also ended with me killing Hasta immediately in one turn so like oh. better than the brand i'm rate, rating treasure hunter one time war brand two wow. in that campaign. Like, that's how good treasure hunter was and i probably paid way over the cost for treasure hunter because i just enjoyed having it around so much because he becomes an intellect four and then you kind of you don't really need to worry about anything else for passing tests you chuck in a few icons easy peasy or you pay two on keen eye and you have treasure hunter down and you're a five for the turn mm -hmm. so like that's daisy's happy like that why can't leo be happy but i appreciate that that is hugely niche mm -hmm. so i have to be careful that my enthusiasm for this <laughs> card because i found a very specific build and a campaign where it worked doesn't make the card good and i think I, I don't like calling any cards bad, but I think this card is, is very niche and spending one resource, one XP and an action to get plus one intellect. But, but then you start having to spend more mm. is yeah a really hard thing to justify in most decks. I do like you mentioning Lone Wolf though in solo because I think if you had essentially two cards that cost one resource essentially... That said, plus one willpower for the rest of the game, plus a soak. I don't think that's terribly bad. Like, if you're playing this specifically in solo with Lone Wolf in, say, Finn, that might mm -hmm. not actually be terrible. I, th I think it's an okay play. If your economy can handle it, that yeah. that's the thing. With any I've... with any card with a rolling cost, you've got to know, you've got to be able to calculate the cost, not just the turn you play it, but also over the period of time you want to keep it around. And that's why I mentioned Lone Wolf. Like, you're eventually play, yeah. pay, playing Lone Wolf to pay for Treasure Hunter. Mm -hmm. Sean? Or how about Charisma Finn with DMC? Ooh. Or Dr. Milan Christopher. Yeah. 
Um, sure, yeah. like slew those resources in. Why not? Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I think it's always tricky with cards like this. Like you guys have said, it's you have to. It's almost like a mortgage, right? Like you think you're paying a hundred thousand dollars for that house, but then when you look at over the course of of the loan and the interest and all that stuff, you're actually paying like two hundred thousand. But <laughs> in the moment when you're at you're in your upkeep phase and you're like, I really could use that intellect. I'll pay the one. Like it. It's just a different kind of economy game that you're playing. Mm-hmm. And even if you only keep him on the board for two or three turns, especially in Leo, who would put him out for free anyway, mm-hmm. like, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, the other way I thought about it as well, boostful. So that's, that's a case of evaluating the board and evaluating where I'm at. So it wasn't that I'd see Treasure Hunter and immediately play him. It would normally be like, right, well, next turn I can definitely get two or three stabs at investigate tests so mm-hmm. that makes it worthwhile but what am i doing the following turn or the turn after that and it's worth noting as well hired muscle never stayed around for longer than a turn maybe once stayed around for longer than a turn because you you want the hired muscle boost for a turn and fight and then you're done or you've killed him he, he comes in cold cocks a, a cultist and then leaves <laughs> yeah give me 20 bucks to punch exactly. that guy deal yeah yeah <laughs> Cheers, bye. You know, so so maybe one treasure. <laughs> yeah, I'll give you one muscle if you stick around. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so so that's also the thing that the cards look almost identical, but they actually end up behaving quite differently. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure people judge Treasure Hunter on hired muscle, and that was maybe unfair. Well, and I think that Treasure Hunter two comparing comparing to hired muscle because I think that's a very apt comparison. Um, hired muscle usually you put them down and you're going to use all those actions to kill all the guys around you. Whereas Treasure Hunter, you might have to move between locations. That's mm-hmm. taking actions and that's taking turns. So you're going to have to pay his mortgage a little longer. Yeah. 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 Again, Leo makes it so good because you can wait until after Mythos and then decide, right, this turn is going to be two investigates and a move. So I'm going to put this guy down and I haven't invested any time at that point in doing it. Or, okay, I've drawn a big enemy. Here comes hide muscle. Let's do this thing. You know? no. Yeah. Frank? How about... Oh, push on. Yeah, I, I, and I don't know if we're adhering to the rule of not peeking too far into the future, but um, remind me how Preston and his inheritance works. So he... Does, does he work with inheritance, or does the timing... No. In? Yeah, you can... You nope. can Because Preston ends money. at the end of the turn. Like end of your uh, turn, it goes away. Okay. It's only during your turn. But, but you still get you still get a resource in upkeep. Yes. For Preston, so you could okay. still pay that, that resource for Treasure Hunter, and then you'd use your inheritance resources during your turn. And that's actually know. not a bad way to go if you're going Dark Horse, because then you can gain your resource, use it for something good, and then still be in Dark Horse mode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he'd be a two three two two. Mm. Overpowered. Oh. Man, I'm <laughs> salivating and that's that line. That is scary. Yeah. Um, to OP, please nerf. Sean, can you think of some sort of treasure you'd give to this treasure hunter? I can't really well, off the top of my head, you know. <laughs> I can't even riff off of that. Uh the decorated skull is our next card. Doom begets Doom. It's level zero, zero cost asset. It has one agility icon, item, relic, and appropriately cursed traded. Uses zero charges. I'll pause there for a moment to let that sink in. 
-hmm. Reaction, after an investigator, ally, asset, or enemy at your location is defeated, place a resource from the token bank on decorated skull as a charge. Action, spend one resource, draw one card, and, or sorry, spend one charge, draw one card, and gain one resource. The way I said it would have been really bad. And of course, it takes <laughs> up the accessory slot. Um, this guy, first I want to point out, is wearing Eldritch braces, and he has a beautiful smile as a result. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. I, I want to like this card, and I've put it in a few decks. Mm-hmm. I've never found it to do as much as I want it to do. Even in higher player counts. I think there's kind of like this issue with this card. Because I I think I'm the same way. Like, I read this card. I was like, wow, this sounds great, right? Like, I'm going to do stuff that I would normally do. um, Like, allies. Defeat investigators. Right, defeat investigators. Yeah, in uh, Grief Safina. Yeah. Um, But right, like, you're going to kill enemies. Your allies are going to die off. And once in a while, you're going to take the action to spend, to draw a card or gain a resource. Yeah. and it all sounds well and good, but I never found that this came down at the right time to get a bunch of charges. And then also I play a decent amount of solo where the amount of times I'm drawing a card and gaining a resource, like I have other stuff to do. Like your actions are so, so tested that... They're cramped. Yeah, like you... It's tight. You don't have very few. And... I will say that the times when I would draw a card or gain a resource, I'd love to do both. But this mm-hmm. also takes time to get out, takes time to get charged up. Like, it's, yeah. I, I, I never found a really good, efficient use for it. Frank, tell us why you love this card. I, no, <laughs> I found it like as a an odd card just sort of rounding out trying out new investigators and things like that i basically had exactly the same experience as you guys where i i only really played it in multiplayer because i found it too hard to play ever solo Mm -hmm. and in multiplayer it was nice ish and it would maybe go up to two charges and then i'd spend them and refill my hand and i felt like it was it was trying to fit into a kind of boom or bust rogue thing but never really, it never really quite found that place because I found with Boom or Bust Rogue, either you're like wanting to draw a bunch of cards, at which point you'd want lots of charges on this, or you're not because you've got those cards, at which point this is empty. And it, I suppose the shape of a game, I wasn't, you don't get like a rush of enemies early on that you kill, kill, kill and get a bunch of charges and then you rebuild. Normally it's you kill one, get a charge, kill another, get it. It just, I don't know. I, I can't quite put my finger on why it didn't really fit. Mm-hmm. Akachi, though, hey, that is some sweet Akachi tech. Yeah. Comes in with a charge, and I still haven't done this yet, but I really want to use it as, as a torrent of power um, mm. battery <laughs> because you could. Yeah. You know? Uh, GL Weston in the chat mentioned something that I, I felt the same way too that. If one investigator is going to use it, I found a Leo build where you're running lots of allies, uh, lots of disposable allies. I found it was a, a decent add. Um, yeah, I was going to mention Leo again, but I feel like I keep talking about Leo. So, yeah. Well, Leo's pretty good. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he at least has that that turnover of allies. The the other thing, like Academic Army, if, mm-hmm. if you're playing paired with a Seeker who is having disposable bodies that are dying, maybe you want the Skull kind of kicking over in that way as well you could put it in ursula and then you could get uh ellie horowitz to find it and then when ellie Mm -hmm. leaves then you can put it oh wait (laughs) 
<laughs> she leaves with the scowl. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think the best I can say about it is that it just it doesn't ask a whole lot of you aside from just it being a card. Mm-hmm. You pop it down for zero cost, and it charges up passively as you play the game. But yeah, no, I just I think it fits in a few decks, and it's rough. I don't know. It's the low hanging fruit like it. at the end of the deck cut, right? Like when you've got all these cards, yeah. you're at like thirty one cards. You're like, what do I, what do I cut? Mm. Probably because mm. decorated skull, it's it's a nice efficiency kind of like you said, doesn't cost much, doesn't ask much. Yeah. You play the game and then it gives and, you a little bit back, but it just gives you such little bit back. I like it in Leo when you can ever vigilant it down as well. You've got ever vigilance on stick to the plan, so you like you play your forty five and something else, and this just as the kind of third the third asset. You don't really care about that. Just as and a then cute it, little kicker, it, it ticks up, and then every time I would draw to refill my hand, which is probably the action I'm more likely to take, I'm also getting a resource for it. So it's a little like. I would say the card replaces the draw action for Leo, and it's a little bit of economy as a result. Yeah, that, That's how I'd sort of see it fitting. Which he'd like to have for his ability, drawing allies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I, I think... You want to draw into allies, you want the resource to play them and all of the expensive guardian weapons. This helps you do that. You know what makes this card rough for me now, though? And I, I know it's tough to compare cards against other cards, but you know what? With slots, you kind of have to. Lucky cigarette case. Yeah, I really yeah. that yeah. card is really good, and almost anyone who can take that this can also take that. I guess suppose Ursula accepted, but mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. There are yeah. some good accessories yeah. about yeah. nowadays. It's yeah, it's a hey, thing. I bought Relic Hunter for the first time at Iron Man. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I was like, "What is this? What is this card doing in my deck?" I two you accessory were key of easing. Yeah, I was key of easing. Hmm, who should read the next card? Frank, can you handle you this? Say? <laughs> um, it's eavesdrop, though. <laughs> oh, I heard that. What? You got the order wrong? The next card is eavesdrop? Is it? Okay. Can't yeah. <laughs> I got the wrong card order wrong. That's Whatever. right. Unless you want me to do you handle it. I can handle it. Are you, are you sure? Yeah. Which okay. do you want? <laughs> Let's have you handle this one. <laughs> okay, fine. We're going out of order, guys. Sorry, this is crazy. This is you handle this one, which is a rogue event. Zero cost, zero XP, intellect and agility icons. It's trick traded, and it reads fast. Play after you draw a non-peril encounter card, but before resolving that card's effects, choose another investigator. That investigator is considered to have drawn that encounter card instead. Gain one resource. Speaking of Finn, <laughs> uh, this is a great card. The the art on this card I don't see commented on enough because most people just look at the chilled guy smoking in the front. Mm-hmm. In the back, there is another topless hired muscle guy fighting with something. Yeah. So it's not like you handle my like slightly nebulous financial problems. He's literally letting his friend handle fighting with a creature and he's gone for a cigarette. Yeah. Brilliant. An asshole of a friend. So, adding to the... Will, uh, luckily, it's a short list of cards that just straight up can't be played in solo. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, Finn loves this. Skids mm-hmm. loves this. I think, as we can... Uh, I'm sure Preston will love this. 
Uh, a game I'm playing in currently, uh, one of the players is Rex, and he loves this, actually. Mm. Like, whenever he, dra- he draws an enemy, because he's yeah. our only clue getter, and it's a three-player three game, and so the mm-hmm. other two of us are basically Bash Brothers. Anytime he draws an enemy, he's like, here, take this. Right? And we're like, okay, cool. Like, that's, that's what I'm built to do. So Nice. Yeah, Leo also loves this if he wants to do an agility test. Mm-hmm. You just pass those agility tests to Finn, and Finn passes him back the willpower tests. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Or, you know, you could hand that agility test to Skids, and Skids can do something for once. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. Yeah. Someone with high agility can, can handle it. Yeah. 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 You guys it's, are talking uh... all about the, uh, the well-intentioned and earnest plays, but this is a fantastic <laughs> troll card, too. Oh, man. Grief, Safina. <laughs> and Grief, Jenny. Yes. Play, play a painted world, delve too deep, and then hand the card you draw off to someone else. <laughs> nice. Oh, that's great. Thank you, Matt, for printing this. <laughs> um, but back to real decks. Uh, mm-hmm. This is this is great in a lot of decks where an investigator will have a really hard time with very specific things. Um, it's. It's on the, like, if, if you're playing Finn, handing a willpower test to, say, Agnes is almost as good, I'd say, as a ward of protection. Like, mm-hmm. you're just handing it to someone who you know can deal with it. It's almost as good as canceling it. For you, it is. Or, right, but what if it's, like, test willpower three, and I hand it to Agnes, and she's got her mm-hmm. something out, and she's at a six willpower. Like, that's nothing, right? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I gain a resource. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think this the only thing I don't like about this card is that you do anything in solo as a predominantly solo player. And mm. that to me is a sign of a really strong card that I wish it worked in solo as well. And it's such a shame because it, it, it means that that Achilles heel of low willpower investigators in green mm-hmm. are stuck, that they can't use the best tech they have when you play them solo. But yeah, it's a great card. I, I also, like, the gain one resource to me is is weirdly like a flavor win. Yeah. That, that it just completely feeds into what the cards are about, that that somehow makes you more resourceful because you've dodged your problems. And mm. you compare it with, um, I'll handle this one. No, let me handle this, it's called. Yeah. Um, where you get a skill boost for taking it on, which feels so guardian-y and kind of noble. And the rogue version is like, no, 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 I'm just going to get rich off you dealing with my problems. Yeah, I like that a lot. You get a moment to breathe, right? Or smoke, if it's your preference. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's the same as an action, right? Yeah, I think you'll find in the click economy <laughs> it is the same. Hey, I heard that. I was eavesdropping. There it is. Okay. Uh, yeah. Eavesdrop, uh, one cost, rogue event. It has a intellect and an agility pip. Insight and trick traded. Ooh, insight. And uh, trick. Yeah. It's like a, a Joe Diamond Aura Rita Young card. <laughs> <laughs> he says, confusedly. Uh, choose an unengaged enemy at your location. Test intellect X, where X is the evade value of the chosen enemy. If you succeed, discover two clues at your location. Don't you love the idea of just sitting there at the bottom of a tree, listening really intently to a whippoorwill? Mm. (laughs) somehow finding something out sing the song of your people (laughs) 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 
Or or somehow listening to like a night gaunt. <laughs> oh yeah. Duke lose. Yeah, I, I would fancy eavesdropping on a night gaunt as a, a uh, an evade value of one a lot more than a whipper is a four. Oh, are they a four? <laughs> yeah. And Night Gaunts get... are like, yeah, I think we hit the clues around this corner. <laughs> and Whippoorwills are really sketchy and, yeah. Yeah. Obscure. Um, I'm not too hot on this card. I've had this card land once, and the person I was playing with was just over, like completely over the moon and thought it was hilarious, and then mm. I swiftly removed it from my decks. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, uh, I, I like it. I think it's a cool effect, but I think it's uh, two separate things kind of colliding. So I mentioned Joe Diamond and Rita Young when we talked about the traits, but mm-hmm. like Rita is trading her best stat, five agility for intellect, which is two to try and do this test, which I just don't see that working for her at all. And Joe is seeker, so why does he need to try and evade or get away from an enemy using his agility of two to then be able to test willpower, uh, intellect of four. Like, you, it's it's so easy for this card not to fit with with players or with mm. investigators. And I think Finn is obviously the, the best fit for it because he gets a free evade so he can ensure that there's an unengaged enemy and his intellect is high. But beyond that, yeah, it can be really tricky to, to find it landing what's your experience been of it yeah i'm in the same boat i feel like this is kind of the flip side of uh the skull where that one doesn't ask much of you but it's kind of a weakish effect one cost to grab two clues without having to actually investigate that's a really good effect but a (laughs) lot of things have to line up in order for it to happen Mm -hmm. yeah unengaged enemy probably low evade you want to have high intellect, which why aren't you getting just the clues normally anyways? Mm-hmm. And there's a test involved. Like it just asks a lot. Like well, I look and it would be oh, it's testing the skill that you would be using to just investigate anyway. Yeah. Like I, I look at this, I'm like, you're just a shitty drawn to the flame. Right? And we know how guy. good that podcast is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you guys should have named yourselves eavesdrop. No. <laughs> Uh, but oh, that would be so good if that would be so good if there was a rival that were like a less good drawn to the flame called <laughs> eavesdrop. But seriously, like looking at this card, like I look at this and I look at drawn to the flame, and drawn to the flame is like infinitely better. I think. Mm-hmm. Or look what I found. If we're kind of in that same arena, yeah, or scene mm-hmm. of the crime, right? Like all these get two clues things. Like scene the crime is just like, is there an enemy at your location? Yes. Is it the beginning of your turn? Yes. Here's two clues. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. this one just asks, it asks way too much. I think one of the Look, best I can think about for this one is, and this is still just marginal, but like maybe, maybe Skids takes on the hunt and pulls an enemy at a two clue location specifically to play this card. But that's and then tests his three intellect. Yeah, I, I think I well, still think it fits better. And yeah, it fits better with Finn in that in that situation. Mm-hmm. You get to you get to the evade free, so that's the first clause covered, and your intellect's high. So you're like, I didn't want to spend my off class slots on deduction. I'm going to grab two clues quickly here. Maybe there's a locked door down as well, or something like that. So you're avoiding another test by playing this card. Like that's where I see it. Yeah. You know, being useful. 
you know what is the shame here is that it is unengaged instead of exhausted because then handcuffs you just drag around a cultist and make him tell you things yeah it might find its place someday but i've i've included it in finn i've included it in jenny and i've yet to really be impressed with it mm-hmm. jenny yeah well rogues <laughs> what do you, what do you guys think overall um, I think I need, it's important to me that I say this publicly, but Finn is proof that an investigator can be really good if they only have one willpower. Yeah. Well done, Sean. Uh, imagine I know a that mystic? was hard for you to uh, say, yeah. Imagine a mystic with one willpower? Wow, they, that would suck, wouldn't it? The audacity. Oh, wow. They better not release anyone like that. Yeah. I really enjoyed Finn solo, so if anyone there is thinking of another solo trip down anywhere... Finn's pretty good. It's really solid. And if you want to um, hear Finn being played solo, but you don't want to do it yourself, over on the Drawn to the Flame podcast, we do something called Think on Your Feet, which is a really good road card. And it's a live play series. And the next one is going to be Finn Edwards versus the Forgotten Age. So that's starting probably probably early February. We'll be doing that. So yeah, listen to me. Get ruined in the jungle. I love the Think on Your Feet series. Like, I, I look forward to those. Thanks, Scott. So, yeah, thank no, you. I appreciate those. Um, favorite card out of the pack? Well, let's stick to the bottom four there. Yeah, then. yeah. For, for me, it's Treasure Hunter. For, you know, just the fact that I have great stories about a card I didn't think was amazing. And it just has been, yeah, in that deck, playing that campaign. It's very fun. It was, you know... This is how much I enjoyed it. I finished Carcosa. I was like, yeah, that was really good. Return to Dunwich came out, and I was trying to pick who I'd solo through. And I chose Ursula, but I didn't start for about a day because I couldn't get off wanting to play Leo. And I was like, I can't just play the same investigator straight all over again and just do the same upgrade path just through a different campaign. But that's how close I was to doing it, that I'd enjoyed it so much. So yeah, treasure hunter for me. Gone. Uh, as someone who plays almost exclusively multiplayer, you handle this one. Just has a very good place in the rogue card pool. Mm, yeah. Uh, as someone who plays about fifty percent multiplayer, I have to go with you. Handle this one as well. Like, it's just it's done so much work to keep our a, party alive. <laughs> it it's a fantastic little multi-purpose tool. Yeah. Nice. Uh, speaking of playing uh, multiplayer, uh, Frank. Mm. Is there some way that some people could play multiplayer? Maybe in Yes, a, a, yes, in there England? is. There is. Yeah. yeah. We're doing an event called Arkham in Flame and 10th of March. So depending on when these episodes get released on the AV Club, if you're not listening live, it's coming up on the 9th and 10th of March. Hopefully there's still time to get tickets. We've sold lots of them, but there are a few left. And it's going to be uh, two days of just playing Arkham. So a little bit like um arkham knights in the us or there was one in the uk that lots of people couldn't make it to but completely fan run it's run by us over at drawn to the flame podcast and it's all about getting players together to play the game and we're going to be doing lots of different fun things like uh multiplayer epic epic multiplayer labyrinths and uh something we've called arkham hot seating for you to meet new players and we'll be going for drinks in the evening to meet people and hang out and socialize so yeah if you want to find it if you just search for arkham in flames on eventbrite you can find tickets there they're 
hopefully pretty affordable. And yeah, that's coming up in March in London. Right on. And I heard too, some people were looking at the the Epic Multiplayer Labyrinths and taking teams of all one color in like each team. Yeah, yeah. Like all yellow all the time in, in one group and all purple all the time. Yeah, and, our feeling about it is we're up for basically anything players want to do. Like mm-hmm. the the point won't be that we won't have any custom-made scenarios just for Arkham and Flames, but if people want to bring ideas like that, I'm really up for them. I made a joke about there being like a gauntlet, The Gathering, where it's um, eight auto-fails in your bag, as well as other tokens, just as a joke, and it would be called Frank's Funhouse, and you have to try and just finish The Gathering. Um, (laughs) I said it completely trolling people as a joke, and people were like, yes, okay, so who could I play that could beat this? Okay, Wendy could be good. And people started plotting decks. And like, <laughs> this community is so inventive. And it's good to throw out challenges like that and say, you know, like, forget your orthodoxy, forget optimization. What could be a crazy thing that could yeah. beat this challenge or things like that? I've always thought so, a really yeah. fun bag, like, for a scenario would be Elder Sign, Tentacle, plus one, minus three. That's it. <laughs> yeah that's a really nice idea yeah yeah because you never know how high to push right like (laughs) yeah the highs the lows yeah Yeah. so yeah anyways i've always wanted to play (laughs) labyrinths with uh all three teams playing the same investigators so it's truly like alternate universes Ooh. yeah so and we've also done something with patrons of our cast where we did labyrinths but we we all picked our investigators at random and we had a little a little random selector for our investigators. And then when we saw what pool of investigators we'd have, people could then choose what teams they wanted to be in. And in that pool of, I think there were 10 of us, we only drew one seeker. Ooh. So there was this like really weird uh, trading going on of like, well, who, which two groups can survive without a seeker? And how do we do that? And stuff like that is, again, like you get these really interesting deck designs where someone's like okay i'm playing wendy but i'm gonna really tech for clues because that's my role in this one mm. that that stuff i love i think it's so satisfying so yeah check it out arkham in flames on Eventbrite, and thanks so much for having me guys it's been really fun doing these yeah well thanks for joining us i hope you can join us in the next 10 years to do another one yeah okay. that would be great yeah someday in the future all right i miss this time compression joke um, yeah, just, you you I'm were still not on the outside episode. of this right now. That's okay, Sean. Looking in, you miss a lot of jokes. Aww. All right, guys, thanks for joining us. It's AV Club. We out. Mm-hmm.